Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl. I think we're in Baby Bowl week number 10. So tonight we're going to be talking about Baby Bowl week number nine. And of course, I have with me the daddy of the Baby Bowl, Rob Norton. How you doing tonight, Mr. Rob? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight, Wes? I'm doing fine. It's a pleasure to have you on again. We had to miss last week. Look, whenever Evan, I think his name's Evan, whenever Evan wins, we just we just can't ever figure out a way to get on. I know, I know. I was thinking about that uh, the other day too. I was like, it's both both weeks that we missed was was his weeks, and we were trying to make it happen, and just just didn't work out. Well, Evan does a great job though in that baby bowl. He's got. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a little uh, update on the rankings and and the the st- the statistics of everybody that's in the top ten or so there uh, from you from just a little in just a little belt while. But let me make sure everybody knows that Rob Norton. You can find him on Twitter at Norton zero seven two three. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Loafinit on Twitter. Wes Easley and. Uh, don't forget to follow show at FI today with a little underscore. Now, Rob, I, I keep getting a little bit confused this week. We are in we're in week NFL number 10. And it's actually the baby bowl that kind of confuses me because we go backwards and we talk about week number nine. But we're in the 10th week of the baby bowl. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, I, I get the same kind of thing. I get thrown off a little bit even when I'm putting out the tweets and things like that. And I'm like, wait, wait, is this nine, 10? And I think it's only going to get worse as it goes on. Well, now you are the baby bowl dad. So uh, as I come to you as a as a little competitor in the baby bowl, let me ask you this: You made a donation a couple of weeks ago to uh, from all the all the donations and everything, all the entry fees that everybody had in the baby bowl. So where did you donate those entry fees to? So yeah, so for you know anyone who doesn't know, half of the prize pool basically goes to donation. Um, so we had 86 people. Um, the total was $4,250. So half would be 2125 And then we had a little bit of extra donations on top. So the total that we were donating was $2,175. And we did half this year. We did half of it to March of Dimes and half to Ashley's Embrace. So that ended up being $1,087.50 to each. Uh, that 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 is great. And I know that both of those causes are near and dear to your heart, and it's just great to be able to be a part of that. Now, I say we're in week number 10 here, which means we're actually past the halfway point. If you think about it, there's, what, 17 weeks in the regular NFL season this year. And I just want to make sure everybody's aware that a lot of this does go towards uh, helping out other people, which is fantastic, and I know we all like to do that. So I'm going to remind everybody from here on out about the Baby Bowl Playoff Edition that you do each and every year, and I know that you're going to do that again this year. And and for mm-hmm. me, that was even more fun, even though I forgot to set my line. I, I tried to set my line up. I didn't get that verification code one time, and so I got really fun. I like the Baby Bowl Playoff Edition, though. That was really fun. Yeah, definitely. That'll be I'll be doing that again. Um hopefully we can get another great turnout. It'll be it won't be as expensive obviously. Um right. I think I did like 20 bucks last year and I think I'll probably do the same. Um considering it's just, you know, a four week and there's a little little bit different challenges obviously with teams getting eliminated as well. So, yeah, it it definitely presents a different challenge. It's it's fun too. Yeah, and now listen, I I know I'm self. You know how I do. I, I'm thinking about the moon right here and right now. I'm like, okay, we're going to get a thousand people for that, Rob. Oh, realistic. <laughs> uh, uh, you just said we got 80 something. I feel like we double every time. And I say we, you double. I, I don't know. I, 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 I throw my hat in the ring too a little bit because I, I have a vested interest in it now, not for any selfish motives or anything like that. I just, I like to be a part of something. And, and so mm. I think it's doubled about every time we've done something like a regular season last year to the playoffs last year to the regular season again this year. So I want to get over a hundred people for the playoff edition. I think that'd just be great. I I think that that'd be a great goal for us to have Rob. Yeah, definitely. And I think we, we were pretty close actually to the playoff uh, version last year. And um, I think also the thing is a lot of times, a lot of people who, who have turned down the regular season, Mm-hmm. The, most of them, it's because they have too much going on. So once all their, you know, normal leagues are over, they're trying to uh, keep their skin in the game a little bit. So they, uh, a lot more people seem to do the playoff edition. So hopefully so, that happens again. So we got uh, just about to 100 last year. I believe so. I'd have to check again on the on the playoff version. But yeah, we we definitely got more for the playoff version than we did for the um, yeah. regular season. So hopefully that that holds true. 
Okay, well, two hundred it is then. I'll go for two hundred. Yeah. How about that, buddy? All right. <laughs> that hey, works. Uh, that works. Let, now I know this is your baby bowl and everything like that. Have you taken the baby to the doctor? Can I get a checkup on the baby bowl standings at this point, Rob? The baby bowl standings. Let's let's check it out here. We have Max moved back into first place barely. Um, she's got eleven fifty four point six. Then Sports Fanatic is in second with eleven fifty four point oh two. <laughs> so barely, barely there. Uh, Evan Brown in third with eleven forty five point one, and then Man. our guy Coop Coop A Fiasco eleven forty point six two, and then after that we have Wyatt Bertalone in fifth, Jesse Clark in sixth, Eric Mincer in seventh, Jonathan Criswell in eighth, Julie Norton in ninth, and <laughs> JB Cho knows. Intent. <laughs> oh, Joey. Oh, Julie. Julie, come on, Julie. That night, you're making this look too easy for him. Julie. Come on, man. I know. I, I know. Hold on, hold on Rob. <laughs> Rob, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got, I got a, something in my side right there. So I got this pain in my side. Who, who's number twelve, Rob? I got this little pain right here. <sighs> it is none other than the Kangas man. Oh, there's the pain. I found the pain. It's number 12. <laughs> and tonight, that's who we have with us on this Baby Bowl program. It is my pleasure to introduce to everybody who hasn't heard him talk yet. It is now the Kangas Man, at Kangas Man on Twitter. How you doing tonight, Kangas? I'm doing great, guys. Do you smell that in the air? Do you smell? smell what's cooking? Do you smell what's cooking? Do you smell what the Kangas Man is cooking? Because finally... <laughs> The fantasy superhero has come back. Fantasy magnets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has. Uh, Rob, we've had. I've. I've been able. It's been my pleasure to be able to talk to Kangas before. We had uh, JB Barry and I had him on the fantasy magnet program last year when the Cleveland Browns stole my heart uh, when they made the playoffs last season. I just saw how hard they played as a team. I really liked that team. And of course, Kangas was our Cleveland Brown correspondent on the on the road. For us, even though, you know, because I talk to you all the time, so I had to get somebody else, Rob. Uh, and mm-hmm. Kangas was that guy, and it was my pleasure to talk to him. And, you know, Kangas makes every chat room you're in, uh, I, I want to say, a little more interesting, a little more exciting. I think so. Is that is that what you would say, Kangas? I would definitely say that. I think I get people, I think I get people heated sometimes, you know, because they don't realize um, the way I come off. Um, but I'm actually a really genuine person, I like to think. Um, I'm just, I, I get really emotional sometimes. Let's just say that I get emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this was an interesting thing, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, Kangas, on the air here. uh, While while you and I were talking beforehand, you told me you just graduated from college uh, this past year, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. um, So I just finished my bachelor degree in two and a half years online from Full Sail University in sportscasting. Um, and so, um, I want to, and it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a long accomplishment for me because, um, I stopped going to school about, well, it'd be nine years ago now, but, um, about when I turned 20, I got my associate's degree in journalism, decided to take a break and that break turned into seven years of not going back to school. And I kind of ha- and the initial plan was to go to school for sports broadcasting and just do it straight through. And then I guess I just felt like I needed to find myself again. And I, eventually I, it came back around that this that's what I wanted to do. And I really wanted to do it with fantasy sports. Yeah, well, that, listen, I think you're a very opinionated young man, and uh, it's my pleasure to be able to talk to you, and I enjoy you uh, tremendously, and so I do encourage you to continue pursuing that career, whatever makes you happy, Kankis, and I think you will make other people happy as well. Hey, let me ask you this, though. How did you end up a Cleveland Brown fan? Because I don't think you live in Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken, from some of our conversations in the past. How did you end up a Cleveland Brown fan? All right, so my dad was born in Ohio. Um and my grandmother, on who, who was his mom, God rest her soul, was a huge just Cleveland fan, period. She's where I got my love of the Indians, and I used to go and spend summers with my grandparents on both sides of my family. And it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, it was just kind of in the family. Um, and then I just learned to just love the team. And but when I started rooting for him, I just couldn't 
shake them. Even when like I was old enough to be like, hey, I can pick my own team. I still wanted to root for the Browns. And it was just like, it felt unoriginal to not root for somebody that I've been rooting for, but not necessarily choosing in the past. It was just kind of a, like, it was kind of like passed on to me kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it, just, it, it just felt right kind of thing. And so it's just, it's a combination of it feeling right and having family that's in Ohio itself. And well, that's, that's pretty, it's nothing, it's nothing special. Uh, and uh, I like that, though, because it's a family tradition. That's what it seems like for the Cleveland Browns. And I'll I'll let both of you know. And both of you know that I'm an old man at this point. The original Tecmo Bowl that you used to, I used to play on the Nintendo, the Browns used to be my favorite one with, with uh, Bernie Kosar, Ernest Biner, I think, was the back. Or Mac. No, it was Mac is the back. Boy, that was that was a special Tecmo Bowl team, Rob. <laughs> yeah, that those were those were some uh, good times in, in Browns history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to say I wasn't old enough to remember those uh remember those days. By the time I was old enough to remember the Browns is when it was after they had gone to Baltimore and uh when they came back into the league. So I've only I've witnessed three winning seasons in the time that I've been a Browns fan, like actually watching them. Yeah. Three that's, winning seasons. That's that's that insane. It's, 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 go ahead. I was gonna say that includes last year with the playoff history. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's same for me too. Same for, in terms of actually watching, because uh, I, I the only thing I remember is the same thing. Like once they came back and everything since. So yeah, all, all we know is pain, right, Rob? That's true. That's true. Unfortunately, hopefully that changes you? quick. How old were no you, Kangas, whenever they like went? To, how old were you, Kangas, when they went to Baltimore? So it was um, 96, right? So you're like five, six years old there at the at the time, four or five years I old. Think it, I believe it was 96 or yeah. might have been what, 94. What was a, I want to know what a young four or five-year-old Kangas was saying as the Baltimore Ravens, <laughs> <laughs> as the Browns were moving to Baltimore. No, don't, don't say it, Kangas. Don't say it. Don't say it. That's no, it. honestly, I did. when I was five and six years old, I could give, I, could, I, I didn't really care about sports. Like I didn't. I didn't find a true love for sports until I got in middle school when I started taking a computer class and I was always looking up stats and everything. So it was just, I mean, I kind of like love, like baseball was my first love. It always has and always will be my first love. And I was a baseball fan, but I didn't really become a football fan until I was like 11 years old. Gotcha. Uh, don't don't get me and Rob started talking on baseball. We'll spend a half hour tell, asking you about what last season. Hey, let's go into Baby Bowl week number nine here. Let's look at the lineups that we had last week. Just talk about these players a little bit. We will look at them, uh, what they, how their performance was last week, but also their performance coming up the rest of the season and redraft. You know how you guys know how that Baby Bowl chat room is a little bit. Whenever we're always asking each other questions about dynasty or redraft or anything, so we'll see what our feelings are about this. Now, uh, uh, Char- uh, I wrote Charles down here at the top. Yeah, can Guess, let me ask you a question uh, about this. You, your quarterback was Herb, Herb, uh, Herb Street. Herb Street. What's his, that's not Herb Street. It's not his name. What, what's his <laughs> name? What's his name? Just Herbert. 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 Baby A Bear was the young man. Herb Street. <laughs> I got herbs on there. That's what I call him in my head. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you put him. You put him at quarterback, and he ended up with 32 points last week. What made you trust him last week after he had kind of put up a couple of duds, in my opinion, weeks before that? Um, it's just the fact like he's coming off of two stinkers in a row. There's no way he's going to put up a third stinker in a row. He's just too talented to not put up a. To put up a third sinker in a row, and he had an excellent matchup going into mm. the going into week nine. And I was like, "Yeah, this is the and it, it I, something." It was just I knew it before before like Monday, like after the week eight games. I knew Monday I'm playing Justin Herbert. I just it just it was just a gut feeling that I had. My gut told me to play Justin Herbert, and it, it everything felt right. And I was like, "That's my guy this week." I. I don't remember who I had in there first, but I ended up changing it over to Jordan Love, trying to preserve some of the uh, quarterbacks throughout the way. And and we had just seen, Rob, we had just seen a couple of excellent starts by rookie quarterbacks. And I know Jordan Love's second year, but you know what I mean. Uh, and he was in a soft landing spot. I think I am quoting you from your article on that uh, in Kansas City. Uh, but it, it did work out quite very well for 
<laughs> for Jordan Love last week, Rob, at all. Yeah, definitely not. Um, that game, that was a rough game to watch, really, all the way yeah. around on both sides. But they, yeah, I, I definitely expected him to do better than that. Um, the Chiefs' defense is just so rough. So I was thinking, you know, he's, he's still got two great weapons in, in Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, and he shouldn't have too much trouble with this this defense. But, yeah, it didn't turn out so well. No, not at all. You were a smart guy, and you put Lamar in there, Rob, last week. I, he had a terrible first half, came alive the second half, though, and into overtime, so he gave you 31 points. Jordan Love only gave me 12. I had a running back. I, I put Boston Scott. I just, I did that terrible. I told you I would never do these things, Rob, and I ended up doing them last <laughs> week, and I, I'm just kicking myself. I put Boston Scott in there. He ended up with four fantasy points. He had a lot of handoffs, so he took a lot of, took a lot of handoffs. I also put De- uh, uh, a Booker in there at 15 points. Rob, you put Michael Carr. Carter in. He had 10. You also put Jonathan Taylor in there with 34 points that Thursday night. He just tore it up on Thursday night, Rob. Yeah, he's been on fire for the past. I mean, I think it's ever since week two. I think he had a rough first two or three weeks somewhere in that. And then after that, he's he's been just tearing it up. So um, plus going up against the Jets defense that had been allowing the most points to the running back so far. And they were big favorites, just everything set up for him to just have a, have a monster week. And so it it paid off, especially he had a, I think he had a huge, like 75 yard touchdown run to, to help it out too. So yeah, that was, that one turned out well. And I think here, Kangas, uh, how dare you put Najee in there against my Bears, but he gave you 17 fantasy points in a, in a dull, a dull Monday night game. But then I think you put the highest point total on the board last week. The only person to outscore Jonathan Taylor was James Conner, and he had you 40 fantasy points last week in the draft in Baby Bowl. How, why did you put Conner in there? Were you down to your last running backs, or did you just have a feeling? Um, it was, it was a, um, it was a combination of gut feeling and, um, feeling the matchup out. Um, I've gotten into this habit, at least with quarterbacks of, um, not playing them by name, but just playing, playing the guys based on matchup. And I think it was, it, it, at first, it was probably me trying to be too, too cute at first, but he's been a touchdown machine this year. So I had some faith that. At, at the very worst, he'll get me a touchdown and 40 yards, get me a little bit of point. Um, but I did not expect that explosion. That completely <laughs> blew me away. And I was raising my hands and pumping my arms every time he scored because I even have him on one of my best ball teams. And I'm like, wow, did I really just have the steal of the week with James Conner? And I was, it was, it was insane. I didn't expect it to happen, but it happened. So I was like, you know, you just got to take, sometimes you, Fantasy, fantasy is a lot of luck. There's a lot of there's skill, but there's a lot of luck involved. And I was just one of those two weeks where I got really lucky. No, and and it all fell into place too with Murray being out last week, Colt McCoy being the quarterback. So that of course funneled some more rushing attempts back there to the backfield, which just was basically Connor after after early in the game. So that that worked out really well. You also put you and Rob both put Marquise Brown in there. I, I've been really impressed at the step forward that he's taken in that Baltimore Ravens offense. Tons of targets this year, Kangas. He's following it up with a bunch of uh, yards after the catch too. I, I just really like Marquise Brown this year. He seems to be be trustworthy yeah i'm a known made for tv brown detractor after i was salty about what happened to me with him last year when he kind of failed me on one of my fantasy teams in an important league um and he just really hasn't impressed me but it ever since like his rookie year but it kind of seems like he's finally started to put it all together he's been on a roll and i'm like you know what i better use him now while he's hot or because or, if I don't do it now, it's going to come and bite me in the you know what later because I'm going to try and use him and he's going to give me a big. And that's been my luck mostly with wide receivers this year is every time I've, I'm like the wide receiver downer in baby bowls because I swear every time I play like one of the good guys, they just give me a stinker and I got a rare, really good performance from Marcus. Made for TV Brown. <laughs> and uh, Rob, you had uh, Jordan. Jeff- you got put. You put Jefferson in there. He gave you seventeen points, and you put Jarvis Landry in there. He only gave you four. Mm. Uh, Jar- you know, Jarvis Landry's usually got that 
nice ceiling and floor of that you know, 10 to 10 to 14 fantasy points per game PPR game. Uh, but this year, it really seems like Jarvis Landry is just way down there in the dumps this year. It seems like his floor is like four to eight. Or his ceiling to floor is four to eight right now. Yeah, he was a, he was a letdown. I was just expecting, you know, they had kind of leaned on him uh, at, at a bunch of different times. And then, you know, I was I wasn't expecting anything like great. You know, I was just expecting a, a a solid game, good amount of targets, you know, just that safe, safe uh, floor type of play. And then, uh, yeah, I, I still don't think he's fully healthy or something because that, it's just I mean, and then obviously uh, Peoples Jones had the the big game, the big, big touchdown catch and everything. So it was nice to see as a Browns fan, but didn't help my uh, baby bowls. I would just no. like to point out, I told everyone who would listen to play DPJ and David and Joku in that game. Just saying. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I put those safe ceiling floors in there with Cooks, Diggs, and Deontay. Deontay, he's kind of fallen off the wayside a little bit, Deontay Johnson is so far. I, I, I think that they're going to make it a point to get him the ball a little bit more. Uh, maybe he's the guy who really misses Juju in the lineup, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you and I, Rob, we put in Big Al. I'm not going to attempt his name. Uh, we're just going to call him Big Al from Denver. As Noah Fant was hurt last week, so we took advantage of trying to find somebody to give us a little bit of points at tight end, which seems to be running out very quickly in the Baby Bowl. Very quickly. I, maybe we'll be able to choose defenses next year, Rob. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's, that's true. It's possible. That's possible. <laughs> but he gave us seven <laughs> points. I don't think he was fully healthy last year or last week. I think he was just dressing to make sure somebody ended up being able to fill out that position against the Dallas Cowboys. But he gave us seven points. And then, Kangas, you did put in Njoku, who I do believe is the number one tight end in Cleveland, even though there's three options there, it seems like. But Austin Hooper's just fallen off by the wayside. I, I, I really liked Hooper, especially his last season in Atlanta. You saw a lot of potential. And then I thought he did pretty well last year as he got acclimated to that offense the second half of the season but I can't find him on the field anymore it seems like and and Joku that's that's the guy now yeah um Hooper it seems like and this is just my opinion he can't catch the ball when it's not right in the numbers anytime that it's uh he has to go up a little bit for it or it's just where it's put to where only he can get it he doesn't seem to come down with it he I mean he had a big potential touchdown catch against the Steelers the previous week that he just dropped and Baker yeah Baker did throw it a little bit high but still he's an he's a pro he's a pro he's a pro receiver in the NFL if that ball hits you in your hand you got to make that catch for for your quarterback um and one of the reasons why I was so high on David and Joku and DPJ not to go back to wide receiver because then we moved on the end, but last year I mean different circumstances when OBJ went down with this injury Baker really relied on DPJ and David and Joku, and it it was funny because we played Cincinnati the first game after OBJ got hurt, and so that after all the mess that we went through this past week, guess who we're playing again? Cincinnati, and <laughs> Baker has come to really rely on David and Joku in key situations, and now he's not he, right now. He's not going to give you the tight end one fantasy numbers. But as an NFL football player, he is a tight end one on that team. Base he is because he has turned around. He has turned himself into an all around tight end. He came in as an athletic freak, and he can still give you those like the uh, seven catch, 146 yard performance that he had against the Chargers. But he can also get in the trenches and he can block her. He's become an excellent blocker. He's one of those guys who said, "I wanted to be traded when we signed Austin Hooper," but mm-hmm. then turned around and fired his agent, got better, got better, and then fired his agent because he wanted to stay in Cleveland. And then he's proving why he is the guy in there. And Baker goes to him in key situations because he knows David Njoku is going to go up and he's going to grab that, grab the rock. (laughs) I love hearing Kegas get a little fired up, Rob. I just keep waiting for it, though. I keep waiting. (laughs) You know, I keep waiting for it. We all know what it is. And I appreciate (laughs) Kegas. Not giving me it right now. All right. But hey, let me also let me ask you this. I'm guy. showing restraint. <laughs> and respect. I appreciate that, Kegas. People don't know you have that. People don't know you have either, but I, I do, and I value it. 
Hey, uh, this is something you talked about, uh, Anjoku, the ball hitting him in the hand. He should have caught that. I was watching this last week, and I, I really started going on a, on a rant with my daughter, you know, my 14-year-old. She likes watching football, and, and that uh, Green Bay Packer-Kansas City game was on. You know, Mahomes is out there and all that stuff. And she like, Mahomes. Yeah. And uh, uh, all, these, all these players aren't able to catch the football anymore. And I'm looking at these gloves that they have on. These gloves have got to be like Spider-Man's gloves. You know what I'm talking about? Like these things, the, the ball should just be able to stick right to them. I don't know what they're dropping these things for. Back in my day, people used to use their bare hands to catch the football. I'm not saying they caught it as efficiently as people catch it nowadays. But really, I can't understand, Rob, why these players drop the football with these sticky gloves, they got to spray stuff for them and everything. It looks like they're they're playing in outer space or something like that, and they still drop the football. Yeah, I think a lot of it. Go ahead, Kinkus. I was gonna say they need some of that Clifford Franklin stick them. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it comes down to. I mean, a lot of it to me seems just like going through emotion or not concentrating or trying to do too, sometimes just trying to do too much or, or things, things like that. When really, when it comes down to, cause like you said, they got all that extra stuff and they should be able to, they're getting paid to do it. And it just seems like it's like, you know, lapse in concentration. Yeah, no, totally. And, and to finish out our lineups here, Kangas, you had Tyreek as one of your receivers, and you also had Mike Williams as your other receiver. You did a good job picking Mike Williams as he's in a slump. They gave you seven points and eight points, respectively, but you finished up with 133 baby bowl points. Rob, you ended up with 122, and I had one of those bad baby bowl weeks with 75, 75. I, I should I should have made my little note and said, don't play your Boston Scots. Don't play your Jordan Loves. I told you I wasn't going to, Rob, <laughs> and I fell into the trap. Hey, guys, let me remind everybody that they are listening to the baby bowl you can follow me on twitter at loafing it on twitter you can also follow the show at fi today with a little underscore don't forget to follow rob norton who drops those articles each and every week come thursday friday saturday he drops those late uh week articles for your dfs lineups on DraftKings and everything always good advice that rob gives you from last word on sports and you can follow him on twitter at norton 0723 and listen my man kangas he's going to start doing something for somebody here real real soon i got a feeling at kangas man on twitter you can follow him there just kind of start googling kangas and i'm just going to tell you if you do that beware though because his avatar looks like he is standing there in his underwear is what what where'd you get that avatar kangas you're a superman uh kind of a character in that avatar right well well first let me just make sure that people find the right kangas it's uh at kangasman underscore ff oh thank you very much Uh uh-huh you're welcome um, if people want to follow me, I don't ask for followers. If people want to follow me, that's fine. Um, but no, actually, I got that from our boy, uh, Jordan Loop, um, who does the SFB, um, Abbeys for, um, the S, for the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, and, uh, one, it was just one of these days where, uh, JB and I were fooling around. We're talking around. He's like, you should have, you should have Jordan do, uh, Abby of you in a superhero costume. I was like, yeah, why haven't I had him do that? So I asked him to do that for me, and he did it for me. Uh, Jordan, Jordan's great. Jordan puts, I don't know if either one of you have ever seen some of those uh, threads that Jordan does about being able to pick all the different players uh, randomly through the dynasty rankings, like he does a whole ranking thread. Have you ever seen those, Kangas? Oh, yes. I give him lots of crap about all the polls that he <laughs> 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 Even. He even apologized to me in the baby bowl chat today, and I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, because yeah, what, what, I don't remember what the poll was, but I was wondering why I had to go click through so many polls. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was intentional. All right, hey, let, let me remind everybody they are in week number ten of the baby bowl. So. As I was thinking about this, Rob, and I did already make my baby bowl lineup up already. I already put mine in. I already put mine in. Uh, there's only eight more weeks. Of the baby bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this week plus seven more, so that makes eight total. Now, that means that all you have left is an opportunity to play eight quarterbacks, like 16 running backs, maybe seven. I can't remember how, how many running backs. But, you know, I, I started thinking about that today, Rob, as I was going through the, you know, one of the reasons why I played Kevin Love last week was because I was trying to preserve some good quarterbacks for the end of the season. And and this week I went, ooh, end of the season is on us now. No more preserving. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Because not only do we only have eight weeks left of the Baby Bowl, but you think about it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, 
there's going to be those last couple of weeks that are insignificant to some of the teams. And so they're going to be sitting out some of those players that may be significant to us in the baby bowl. And one of the lessons I think, Rob, that we learned last year more than anything was don't wait to play those good players. And I think we got to put that warning out there for the listeners now. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, it's, it's approaching that time where you really got to kind of calculate it. Like you, like you said, there's only eight more weeks that we're playing. So, you know, that, that means there's only eight more quarterbacks that we're playing. And, you know, a lot of people might look through the list of quarterbacks that they have and say, wow, I, I have a pretty decent amount of guys I wouldn't mind playing. So really got to start to, you know, narrow that down and start playing as many studs as you can. And, you know, running backs gets a little trickier, obviously, um, depending on what, who you've used so far and things like that, you might, you might already be looking slim tight ends, same kind of thing. Um, but I think especially with the wide receivers and quarterbacks, um, most people probably have some pretty solid options left. And so it's really time to start thinking about playing the studs. Yeah, and not, not only is that season going to get shorter for us as far as the schedule goes, but like I said, and I think this is true, the teams that make the playoffs, maybe they're going to sit out their studs the last week, maybe the last two mm-hmm. weeks, or the, the season is going to become insignificant to some of those teams and some of those players who might be in a contract year. They're not going to get hurt to play for a team that's maybe lost and out of the playoffs. If Am I thinking right on that, Kangas, where they're going to rest some of those starters come the end of the year? Yeah, that the a lot of like um, playoff teams are like teams that have already clinched playoff spots are notorious for sitting their star players. That's actually one of the appealing things, and I'm I'm one of the uh, few in this category that likes to play fantasy in the final week. Most people like to have their championships decided, but I'm one of those who likes it because I think it provides a new challenge. Because yeah, you might not get get the player's best shot, but it challenges the fantasy manager to go out and find the guys and put together a lineup. It's almost like building a DFS lineup, um, but it's for seasonal. And it's, it's I mean, it, it kind of ruins the hard work sometimes, but I just, I like, I enjoy a challenge, and that's one of the things that I enjoy about the Baby Bowl and specifically, and that final week of the season, because that's really, um, you will see, some of the younger quarterbacks, a lot of times they'll still play, and that's usually a good time to play like a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence if you haven't used them already because sometimes you can get a good matchup with them during the year. You want to say, hey, I want to use this guy so I can save on my stud. So it's just mm-hmm. it's it's kind of navigating that and figuring out which teams are going to sit their guys and which teams are not going to sit their guys. Yeah, no, I think you're right on that. And those young quarterbacks usually get an opportunity to play against a defense that maybe is missing a couple of key players there as as teams rest them or uh, players, once again, just don't want to put their bodies on the line last couple of weeks for an insignificant record whatsoever. So, yeah, good good advice there. And I hope everybody listens to that. Well, not Julia. I, I don't, I, Rob, I, I don't hope your wife listens to that advice. I hope she just saves everybody until the last week of the season. That'll be fine with me. <laughs> Hey, right. uh, guys, we got this big week coming up here, week number 10. And I think the biggest, the well, let me, let, the, well, no, let's go to the biggest game. The biggest game with the highest point total is the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. 54, 50, 54 and a half point total for these teams. Dallas is, uh, according to Odd Shark, they have been penciled in here for 34 points, and the Atlanta Falcons penciled in here for 17. Uh, Kegis, I'm going to throw this question over to you first. In that wide receiving core of Dallas, does it matter who you play? I don't think Gallup's going to be in there this week. I don't think he's going to be back. But does it matter who you play between C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, in your opinion? I think C.D. Lamb is much more consistent than Cooper. Um, Cooper is, is one of the best route runners in the league. But I think he's just been a little bit more volatile because sometimes he, the targets aren't always there. Or if the targets are there, he's just not doing much with the targets. Um, and I, I think that's just more of CD's a little bit more explosive than Amari. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, he, it, CD will break off a big play more often than Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper can get you plays in bunches. So, I mean, it just, it, it kind of, you gotta, you just kind of gotta pick your poison. So I guess you can say it kind of doesn't matter, but it depends on what you need during that week. Like, sure. cause it, I mean, Cooper's gonna get you usually a solid, over over 10 plus points whereas cd lamb is going to get you 15 plus with the potential 
for much more. And Cooper still brings that ability, but he's just, uh, he, it's, it's just sometimes the volume just doesn't favor him. So he doesn't put up enough. Yeah, I think that I think he played better whenever Gallup was in that lineup a little bit. Uh, myself personally, just it, it seems like the attention wasn't on him as much. They had to respect Gallup as well. And like you said, Cooper can get open no matter what. But C.D. Lamb may have needed the little extra, you know, people looking at Gallup to be able to get that open. Rob, this one does bring up another question for me about tight ends because it's really hard to find those good tight ends in the league. And it seems like we've narrowed that down to five or six great tight ends in the league or respectable tight ends in the league. I think this year we've all gone okay maybe that answer is not true maybe it's not less than five or six maybe it's mm-hmm. less than none or maybe it's more they're all bunched in the same thing Kyle Pitts gave us a couple of exciting weeks there but now he's faded away once again as Calvin Ridley has uh, not shown himself for the Atlanta Falcons over the last couple of weeks taking some time off I- I'm wondering though has has the Pittsburgh Steeler tight end what, what do they call him Fairmuth is that what's his what's his name yeah Pat Pat Fryermuth Fire move, fire move. Is he moved into that category of maybe must start tight ends nowadays? Just because it seems like he's a, he's the person Ben trust down there near the goal line. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that he's at least being considered that and and getting approaching that. I mean, I think it's three straight games he's seen seven targets, seven targets, six targets. So you know he's uh he's in, in like. In full PPR leagues, he's put up like 12.8, 14.4, and 21.3 the past three three games in a row. And um, he's definitely becoming more of a focal point in the offense. And on top of that, you know, they play the Detroit Lions this weekend. So that's that's always a a great matchup. And then um, new the news with Claypool sounds like he's going to miss the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they already were relying on... Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris so much. Um, and, and that's where Fryermuth had been starting to step up a bit. And so I, I, I'd expect at least this weekend for him to, you know, be a guy that you really would want in, want in your lineup. All right. Kankis, let me ask you this. Who would you rather play start uh, this week in the baby bowl? And I'm going to, I'm just going to give these to you rapid fire and you just answer the question. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yep. All right. Yep. Would you rather start Conklin at tight end or Ertz? Ertz. He's playing Denver. Nope, I'm still going Ertz. Okay, would you rather play uh, Ertz this week or Logan Thomas possibly coming back off an injury? Mm. That's a good one. Uh, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas coming off. Okay, would you rather have Logan Thomas or a guy who's been getting a lot of targets since he's been to his new team, Dan Arnold? Dan Arnold. Oh, Dan Arnold, or would you rather have Njoku? Dan Arnold. Really? Are you sick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to prove to people that I'm not an actual homer, that I, there is some actual analysis when I do talk about my Browns. Um, no. I do full, wholeheartedly mean that, and Joku's not getting the volume right now, and, and it's going to be it's going to be hard to tell when he's going to get that volume, um, just because of the way the offense runs. Uh, Dan Arnold or uh, I said Ertz. I met Goddard earlier, so I'll ask you Goddard now. Goddard, Goddard. Okay, Goddard. Or would you rather have the guy up in Buffalo coming off an injury whose name slips my mind now? But he, I think he's going to be back in there, just hurt finger. I think he's going to be back in there playing full speed. Would you rather have uh, uh, Goddard or the guy in Buffalo? Oh, the guy in Buffalo's name is Dawson Knox. There you go, Um, Mr. Knox. But I would rather have Goddard. Really? This week? Knox reminds me a lot of Robert Tunyon. He's very touchdown dependent. Um, and Cole Beasley has been back and he's been playing a, a really nice role because he's a really good slot receiver. So I definitely, and Goddard has a safe path to targets, whereas Knox is fighting with Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cole Beasley. Goddard or TJ Hawkinson? T.J. Hawkinson. Hawkinson or uh, Andrews with Baltimore? Andrews. Andrews or Jacecki? Andrews. Really? Against that weird Baltimore? Okay. And and uh, it's, it's almost over now. Andrews, I know you don't like these kind of threads. Andrews or Pitts? <laughs> <laughs> Pitts, man. I really? Gotta go with my boy. I got to go with my boy Pitts. I was all in him even before he got drafted. I'm a big... 
I was a big into college DFS. Um, it's how I actually got, was able to purchase a smoker was by getting some nice winnings in there. And he was one of the guys that I used in one of my winning lineups. Um, and I just, I knew that Atlanta was going to use him a wide receiver a lot. And Lamar can be so volatile with his passing. Whereas Matt Ryan is, he's a solid, if not good passer most of the time. And he loves to have that go-to guy tied in. Okay. Uh, then I'll ask you this. Pitts or a resurging George Kittle? Pitts. Pitts or the old trustworthy number one tight end, Travis Kelsey? Kelsey. Okay. All right. Kelsey still wins out there. I think that's by habit. I think we got, we all say Kelsey by habit and I, uh, deservedly I, so. I mean, the guy, the guy just gets so many targets. He's in such a, um, what used to be an explosive offense. So we got to trust that Kelsey in that, in that spot. He's really put up a lot of turd bowls lately. Um, but you know what? I'd be a crazy man if I said Pitts over Kelsey. Yes, you and, would. Or, <clears throat> that I'm Kelsey. not. <laughs> Kelsey. <laughs> Last one, Kelsey or Waller? Oh, I got to go Waller on this one. Yeah, he's facing the Kansas City Chiefs, so it's going to be that weird tight end that matchup on Sunday night that uh, NBC is just going to love and drool over. Could you imagine what Chris Collinsworth is going to be saying about these two tight ends? All night long, he'll be talking about tight ends, Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, Rob, uh, I don't know if you disagree with anything that uh, he said or not uh, that Kank has said, but I got to ask you about this game this week and who to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as far as a receiver goes. I think Antonio Brown is out, but this one right here looks like a juicy matchup between the Buccaneers. I don't want to say the Washington football team because I don't know how they're going to play coming out of, you know, a uh, bye week. I think that they were in last week. Both teams were in a bye week last week. So uh, what do you think about this Tampa Bay offense in Washington this week? Um, I definitely like that game. Uh, Washington's it, it's crazy. Washington's defense was so strong last year, and I expected them to be strong this year, considering they had a lot of young guys and they've taken a huge step back and they've been, um, getting shredded, especially in the air. So, and the, and Tampa's been one of the most pass heavy teams, especially context, uh, situation neutral. So I, I mean, I have no problem playing pretty much any of them that play. Um, yeah, like you said, it sounds like, yeah, go ahead. All right. So Washington is 31st in DVOA and they rank 21st in DVOA against the wide receiver one where they average 101.5 yards per game. So who's the one wide receiver one for Tampa? Mike Evans. Mike Evans. All right. It's 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 funny it's funny you said that because that, that's that's who I, I mean just a little sneak peek but I do have Mike Evans in my lineup as of right now. So and not only that but I think Godwin uh, practice reports came that he had a you know he's have has a banged up foot right now so that's something to monitor because if if he's also ruled out. Um, and Antonio Brown's ruled out. I mean, Evans could see a lot of volume. What about over there in Carolina, Kangas, when you have the Arizona Cardinals roll, uh, being at home there against the Carolina Panthers? And I know the offense is just terrible for Carolina, but the defense has played pretty all right this year. Uh, but the Arizona's offense is so spectacular. I'm not sure we're going to have Kyler Murray again this week. I, I don't know that he's going to be in there. And I, I think the Andre Hopkins is going to probably suit up. It looks like those indications are coming through right now at this point. But, but can we trust the Arizona offense this week or should we just all roll with Connors this week? I mean, if if Kyler isn't in the game, I mean, Colt McCoy did a good job filling in last week. Um, I can't remember who they played, but I don't think uh, it was uh, San Francisco. And San Francisco is notoriously bad at defending the, defending the run. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to go with James Conner. Um, it just kind of depends on where the matchups go this week. Um but I'm not sure if going with Arizona's wide receivers would be a good idea if Kyler Murray isn't there because he was really the um, he's really the guy that makes that offense go. Um, and you could tell last week when the receivers really didn't do that much outside of I think maybe Rondell Moore or Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I think Kirk had a big week last week. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Rob, I got to yeah. ask you about the New Orleans Saints and the Tennessee Titans, and the reason why is because of these this running back situation. I mean, for New Orleans, we know it's Kamara, but the Titans' defense has just been on fire lately. They've they've really just you know held everybody in check. They're playing really good football. I think they're being coached really really well right now. The Titans' backfield though is still one of those things where I'm looking at it going ah. Really? I got to trust Adrian Peterson or do I go with the McNichols guy? And then it really looked like Foreman was about to break off a couple of huge runs last week and he just got tripped up at the last minute. I've always loved his explosiveness. Can we trust any of these guys for the rest of the season or we just got to wait till it shakes out? Yeah, I don't think so right now. I I think it's more of a wait and see. Um, when I when when Henry went down, I put McNichols in my uh, one of my articles and I was talking about basically the whole situation, but it seems like they've kept McNichols mostly in the role that they've had him in all year. I mean, he was mostly a pass catching change of pace kind of guy. They seemed like they really didn't want to give him a full workload. I mean, he saw a little uptick in touches, of course. Um, Peterson seems like the guy they're going to want to grind more, um, more of a goal line kind of guy, but you know, in full PPR, those, those, uh, those targets are just so valuable. So, you know, if you were to use one, I kind of prefer um, McNichols just because he's going to get more targets. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always lean to that side of it, especially in a tough matchup like this. The the Saints have been uh, tough uh, uh, to run on. So in this one, I definitely would avoid all of them. But if you were in, you know, in your normal leagues, I would prefer McNichols. Wow, the Titans are seven and two, guys. Seven. I wouldn't have thought that. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going, really? Seven and two? And and they're winning games really ugly right now. That's why I don't know if McNichols is going to get those targets like we think so, because they just they're winning ugly. And I'm telling you, boys, that former he's going to break off one. He, he's going to break one long wood here before too long. I Kangas, while you're here, I've got to ask you about this final game for for us here on the Baby Bowl, the Cleveland oh, Browns boy. and the New England Patriots. Both teams are five and four right now. Both I wouldn't have thought the Patriots were going to be five and four. They have Mac Jones back there at quarterback. I've been impressed with Mac Jones, but not tremendously impressed. You know what I mean? I mean he's he's a rookie, right? And they really have scaled down that offense, I believe, to uh, to let him be able to learn the game a little bit back there. The Cleveland Browns are playing at a whole other level, as far as I'm concerned, defensively right now. But so are the Patriots. How is this game going to go on Sunday, Kangas, in your opinion? And 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 I know you are a uh, not going to give me the biased Cleveland Brown answer right now. I mean, it, it it's going to be a slugfest. I mean, right now you had Nick Chubb, who, along with Demetrius Felton, who's tested positive for COVID-19 now. Most of the team is vaccinated, and Chubb is one of those. Chubb and Felton are both those vaccinated players, so they just have to test or test negative for within two 24-hour periods, and I don't think that's going to happen. So then you got Dearness De- Johnson who's got to step up again. Um, from all intents and purposes, I believe the Pats have done well um, with defending the pass, but I can't remember how good their run defense is off the top of my head. Um, but I feel like it's going to come down to who who's going to give first. And my opinion is I think the Browns are playing a really good game right now. They're getting to the quarterback, and that's one of the most important parts of their defense. And it rattles the quarterback. And for a rookie quarterback like Mac Jones, it's important for him to have a clean pocket to be able to work and read those defenses and get the like, – but he just – I don't think the Browns are going to give him that time because Miles Garrett is just having an all-world of a type of season – and I really feel like it's going to be the defense for either of these teams that wins the game. Okay. And uh, for the record, uh, New England has the 12th ranked r- defense against the run. Just And to put that in perspective, the Cleveland Browns have got the 10th ranked defense against the run. So that, that kind of puts it all there in perspective for us. Rob, uh, I know you have got your eyes on that Cleveland Brown-New England Patriot game as well. I also have my eyes on the Baltimore Raven Miami Dolphin game as a potential play for Thursday and for baby ball. And that game's on Thursday night. Uh, I don't think we're going to have Jalen Waddle for the team, but Jacob- Jacoby Brissett just isn't terrible back there at quarterback. In my opinion, Rob. Yeah, he's been, he's been okay. He had a rough game last week, I believe. Um, 
you know, early, before that though, he hadn't been too bad. Um, he hadn't been too great either, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's not like he was the reason they were doing so awful, but yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, Baltimore, you know, they're, they're a good team, but their defense isn't as good as it used to be. It seems mm-hmm. like, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he, what he can do against that defense. Yeah, and that's what that's the main reason why I bring it up. The Baltimore Ravens, of course, we always traditionally have them as a great defense, and this year they just they're just not that great of a defense. Just kind of like the same way Kansas City just isn't that great of an offense this year. Really flipping around, the, the NFL is changing right before our eyes, fellas, right before our eyes. All right, guys, uh, that's it for the Baby Bowl this week. Baby Bowl week number ten is in the books. Congratulations to Kangas for finishing, what, second place last week, 12th overall, Kangas. I had to make sure I worked that in, that you were 12th this uh, overall this week. Of course you did. I was <laughs> <laughs> actually surprised to learn that I was 12th overall, as I didn't think that I was actually doing that well, but apparently my, pro, uh, my staying in the middle of the pack has actually helped me out a lot this year and two top 10 finishes that's two top 10 finishes this year now <laughs> the two top 10 finisher hey congratulations on that kangas and i'm just so glad you're a part of the baby bowl this year and i know i look forward to playing with you in the playoff edition as well and i'm proud of you i'm proud of you for getting that diploma and going back to school and doing those things and i expect big things out of you young man okay i appreciate that Wes, and i i, I hope to live up to those big things that you expect of me. And I really do appreciate Rob running this thing. I think one yeah. of my favorite things about fantasy now is getting to play it for a cause. And I love helping people. And if you got a cause out there and you got a big fantasy tournament, find me. I'm in. Yeah, he's in. That's right. And you can find him on Twitter at Kangasman. Uh, what was it? Kangasman underscore SSFS. What was it? underscore at Kangasman underscore FF. There you go. It's fantasy superhero. (laughs) Rob, I bet you didn't think it was going to go that well with Kangas on the air, did you? I I bet you were just waiting, weren't you? You put the kid to bed, you put uh, put earmuffs on the dog's ears, and you you told Julie, Julie, I'm going to have to go out in the garage for this one right here. You're not going to be able to listen to this one, Julie. I don't know where Rob went, Kangas, so we'll just... <laughs> it's I'll, very silent in here. It, it is. I, I'll cut, I'll have to cut that one out, Kangas. I don't know. We'll, we'll cut that part out. I must, I, I must have scared him away. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow him, though, at Rob Norton. Uh, Norton0723 Norton on Twitter. Don't forget to follow me at Lofinit on Twitter. And follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Make sure you're sure you subscribe to that show if you can. Uh, leave some stars. Leave some reviews. Help the baby bowl grow. Uh, we do appreciate you listening. But more importantly than all those things, we always want to ask you and encourage you to go out and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 